hey, in every season of life, there's something to be learned. And certainly in a pandemic, we have things we can learn. I think one of the lessons all of us have learned during this pandemic is that you better have a barber or a hairstylist in your close circle of friends because some of you are looking mangy. I mean, I'm serious. I'm seeing mullets out there and bangs. Like, I don't want to see this stuff. Here's another thing I'm learning for myself, that this stress is bringing up in me shame. The voices of shame that are telling me that I'm just a failure, I've had moments, maybe you have too, where I just feel like I'm useless, I'm nothing, can't do anything, can't fix anything, can't solve it, I'm a terrible husband, terrible father, terrible person, terrible pastor. Struggle with this, and I've always had this strong inner voice of shame. So when I was a kid, and I was told or taught that I was a sinner, it resonated with me because I'm like, yeah, I know, you don't have to tell me. And when I was told as a child that God loved me and Christ saves me from my sins, I was like, yeah, I want that. I need him. And I put my trust in Jesus pretty young, but got to my high school years, probably like many of you, just started experimenting and experimented with sexual things and felt miserable inside, so ashamed of things that I did, that the only thing that helped me was realizing the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and that began to change me, and that began to change my lifestyle. And as I got older, Man, I know I'm a child of God, but I continue to hear this voice of shame that says, Joe, you're a train wreck. I believed in my mind that I was a follower of Jesus, but this voice of shame keeps rising up, telling me I'm nothing, I am garbage. So I needed to hear what Pastor Brad talked about last week. I needed the reminder that I am more than a sinner. Yeah, I've made sinful choices in the past. I make sinful choices now. There have been sinful things done to me, but I am now a child of God, which means I am more than my sin, and I need this reminder. So I love that we're jumping into the book of Ephesians together because Paul gives us hope. He gives us hope in this regular reminder that in Christ, I am more than a sinner. But he also teaches us throughout this letter that we're more than just saved through Christ, that following Jesus is more than just about salvation. You see, sometimes we boil religion or relationship with Christ down to fire insurance. You know, Jesus is my get-out-of-jail-free card so that when I die and take my final breath, I won't go to hell. Instead, I'll live with him forever. Sometimes we boil it down to just the future instead of realizing no. And Paul's going to teach us today and throughout this letter that we're more than just saved through Christ, that we have a new identity as a child of God, a new responsibility, a new role, a new purpose. So let's jump into Ephesians chapter 2 together. Have your Bibles, open it up, turn it on, Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at these 10 verses. Now, these 10 verses are full of so much theology, but this is one of the most succinct or 
summary set of verses of all of Christianity, if you look at these 10 verses, in many ways, you'll understand everything you need to know about Christianity. We're told in these verses who we are as humans. We're told in these verses who God is. We're told who Jesus is and what he does. And we're told our new purpose as sons and daughters of God. And maybe in these verses and in this letter, we'll learn how to quiet and maybe get rid of that shameful voice that pops up inside all of us, this side of heaven, we can be transformed and made new. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And here's the thing. I'll just give you a warning out front that these first three verses are kind of bleak. It puts a real spotlight on the human condition. And it's kind of bleak. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. As for you, he's writing this to Christ followers, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Paul gets right at it and says every human is dead in transgression and sin. He's holding a mirror up to all of us and saying, this is what you guys look like. We're all sinners. Maybe we don't want to hear that, but that's the diagnosis. Now, I want to take a moment and kind of help you understand what these words mean. This word transgression. Let's look at it for a minute. It could be translated trespassing, but it's a, it's a word in the Bible that means this. I'll write it out for you. It means cross the line. Trespass, you've heard that, right? So God, creator of the universe, draws a boundary, a border around us and says, don't cross this line. Don't trespass. And as humans, what do we do? We go, God, I'm not going to listen to you. I'll cross whatever line I want. I trespass against God. That's what the word transgression means. Cross the line. Trespass. But this other word, sin, what does that mean? It means miss the mark. You see, sin is more than just trespassing. It's more than just crossing the line. It's missing God's mark. It's falling below the standard. God's standard for us as humans is that we love him and we love others and we miss that mark. We cross the line. We miss the mark. So we might be physically alive right now, but because we're transgressing, trespassing, sinning, missing the more, crossing the line. Because of these things, we're spiritually dead, disconnected from God. And God loves us, but he hates transgression. He hates crossing the line. He hates sin. He hates missing the mark. And his justice requires him to punish these offenses. That's why Ephesians says we are objects of his wrath. This is bad news. I mean, this is not good. It's really why we can say we're all sinners. I mean, you know this. 
I know this. I feel this. You feel this. It's why that voice of shame rises up inside all of us that we feel like, man, I know I missed the mark. I know I crossed the line. In all kinds of ways, I am a sinner, and I know it, and this is bad news. But look at what Paul says next in verse 4. He says, every human is a sinner, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. What's he saying? He's telling us that God is rich in mercy. He knows that we're sinful. but He loves us way too much to leave us in that sin. And so he sends Jesus to rescue us from this. And Paul says we're raised up with Christ. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. What does that mean? It means that all the benefits that Jesus won by dying and rising again and being seated at the right hand of God the Father, all those benefits that he won are now ours. So now it's as if we have been seated already at the right hand of God, at the table in the kingdom of God forever. It's this incredible reality that while I may be physically alive, in Christ now I'm spiritually alive, and when I physically die, I will be in God's presence forever. But all those benefits that come at the afterlife are mine now. It's not just something salvation, heaven later. It's about the here and now. All the benefits of being a child of God are mine now. How does this transformation happen from being a sinner to a son, a daughter? How does that happen? Does it mean I have to be good enough for God? I have to clean up my act, right? I gotta wash away my own filth. I gotta purge myself of all the things that I've done wrong. If I just do enough religious things, enough catechism, enough baptism, enough communion, enough giving, enough Bible memory verses, I clean up my behavior. No, that's not it at all. Paul says in verse eight, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not for yourselves, not from yourselves, It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. God makes us alive by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm stuck in this sinful reality. Stuck. There's no way I could win God's favor or earn his forgiveness. Not at all. Instead, I have to count on his mercy and He is merciful. And in his mercy, God's grace means his unmerited favor. He sends Jesus to pay for my sins, to bear the wrath, the punishment of sin upon his own shoulders, to die and to rise again, to give me life and an inheritance and a seat in the family forever. God in his mercy, intervened where I could not rescue myself. You can't rescue yourself from this diagnosis of sin. He intervenes, and all I have to do 
is receive that gift of grace by faith. It's by grace through faith. That's it. I realize I'm a sinner. I recognize the mercy and grace of God. I call out to Jesus. He rescues me. He changes me from sinner to child of God. And I can't boast, Paul says in this. There's nothing I can do to say, look at how great I am. No. This is all God. This is what he has done for me in Christ. I receive it by faith. He is my salvation. He is my mercy. He is my forgiveness. He is my hope. Here's the hard part. I can understand this maybe in my head, but in my heart, I doubt, I struggle. I see myself as just a lousy sinner. I can in my head and in my heart even fast forward to, okay, when I take my final breath, I will be with Christ forever. I trust and know that to be true, but I don't live as if that's a reality now, that I am seated with Christ, that I am a child of God with the role and responsibility of being a son, a daughter, and acting like a son or daughter now. It's a struggle for all of us to transition our minds and hearts from sinner to child of God. For me, what's helped me is a mentor taught me this, He taught me that in many ways what I have to do is I have to have a change of clothing. See, I am a sinner, and I know it. And when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I gotta change my clothes, don't worry. I got a dad bod under here, so I'm not taking too much off. But I I gotta change my clothes. It's gotta look different. By faith, In Jesus Christ, I put on new clothes. That old sinner, that messed up junk, Joe, it's gone. And now I put on every day this new reminder that the old is gone and the new has come. And now I am a child of God. And I live and believe that. And I have to remind myself of that every day. Now what defines me is being a child of God and living like a child of God and representing the family business in everything I do. You see, now as a child of God, I have a new job description. I have a new purpose. I have a new role in this world. Check it out. Paul talks about this new responsibility as a result of I was dead in sin. Christ rescued me. Now I'm a child of God. Verse 10 says, Here's my new purpose, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's our new purpose. He gives it to us right in the beginning of this. He says, we are God's handiwork. What's that word handiwork mean? Let's look at it. Let me show you this word, handiwork. When, when you see a word like that, handiwork, what do you, what do you think of? I, I think of Napoleon Dynamite. Remember Deb? She made those boondockle keychains. That was kind of her handiwork. I'm not sure I kind of like the word handiwork. I'm not sure I want to be God's handiwork. What does it mean? It's actually the Greek word poema, and we get our English word poem from this word poema. We are a work of God. It's as if we are 
God's poetry, his masterpiece, his workmanship, his handiwork. It's a work of art. So when you see this new purpose as a child of God is we are his handiwork. Here's what that means. I am God's artwork. I mean, just let that sit on you for a moment. That you were a sinner, but by faith in Jesus Christ, now you are God's artwork. I mean, what does that mean? Just zoom out for a moment. What does that mean? Think of this. God created you. He made you in his image. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made with all kinds of skill and beauty, all kinds of abilities and opportunities. But what is sin, though? Sin makes us a train wreck. We take all this skill and innovation and beauty, and because we cross the line, because we missed the mark, we wreck it. And God loves us so much that he reaches down and grabs us. He rescues us. And he says, now you're no longer a sinner. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are my handiwork. And now, as God's artwork, we have work to do. This is so important. As God's artwork, we have work to do. So rather than walking around, beating ourselves up, telling ourselves that we're sinners, that we're junk, that we're trash, he calls us sons and daughters, and we walk around planet Earth named child of God. We're not only God's creation, we're now his recreation in Christ we are his artwork and we have work to do. So Paul says in verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have a purpose. And our purpose isn't to earn God's favor. That's not it at all. We receive by grace through faith, sonship, daughtership into the family of God. We don't have to work for that. We can't earn it. We're given that in Christ. We are not to do good works to gain anything from God, but instead we are rescued, saved, called children of God for good works. For good works. So we have new responsibilities and new work to do this side of heaven. I want to give you a couple examples of what that means. Four things that this means for you. Are you ready? Here we go. Flip the chart. Here's what our work is. If I'm going to wear this t-shirt, if I'm going to be a child of God, here's my work. First thing, I'm going to honor God. And I know that may sound like, okay, what does that mean? Well, see, before I wore this shirt, before I was a son, a daughter of God, I was a sinner doing whatever I wanted, living for my glory, living for my appetites, living for my person, living for me. The day I said, Jesus, you're my savior, 
and he transformed me into a child of God. Now I live for him. He owns me. I belong to him. One theologian, I love this, one theologian said, we now as children of God, we are trophies of God's grace. Trophies of God's grace. What, what do you, what's a trophy, right? A trophy is something you win. What did God win? Well, when Jesus rose again from the dead and conquered sin and death, he won. He won back all of humanity that would put his tr their trust in him. When we put our trust in Jesus, God wins. When we live for Jesus, to honor Jesus, God wins. When we walk on planet Earth at work and at school and in our homes through a pandemic in the middle of everything and anything, when we live to honor God and not ourselves, when we live to honor God and not our appetites, we are trophies of God's grace, putting on display his goodness to the world. We now, as children of God, live. Our work, our role, is to honor him. Second thing, our work, our role, it's to be the new me. The new me. See, people will tell you, just be you. No. No. When I put my trust in Jesus, I am a new me. I am a recreated version of me. The new me is coming out. Michelangelo, great artist, right? Sculptor Michelangelo. When he was chiseling a rock one day, somebody asked him, like, hey, what are you doing with that rock? And he's like, I am bringing out of this rock an angel. And there's something inside all of us. God has created us in his image. We've wrecked a lot of things. We've messed up a ton. And yet when I put my trust in Christ, God is remaking me, rechiseling out of me beautiful art so I can become the best version of myself when I put my trust in him and I become the version of me God intends me to be. Not the version of me that other people want or other people say I should be. I, I don't try to be someone else, someone that I am not. I realize that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Sin doesn't define me any longer. That I am now a son, a daughter, and I can become, by God's power, the best version of me. The one that will look and act and become like Jesus. Someday I will see him face to face, and the Bible says I will be like him and perfect, but I don't have to wait till then. I can become the best version of me now, I can love God with all my heart and soul, strength and mind, with his help. I can love my neighbors. I can love other people, becoming the best version of love in this world, of justice and of peace and of truth and of goodness in this world. The best version of me can emerge. This is my work. This is my role if I'm going to wear this name because here's the deal if i live to honor god that means i'm not living to honor me see there's only 
two options. I'm either going to live to honor me and I'm going to be the old version of me or I'm going to live to honor God and be the new child of God version of me. You choose, but there's no middle ground. It's one or the other. Honor God, become the new version he recreated you to be or honor yourself. Be the old version of you. And the old version of you, here's the problem. When Jesus wasn't present in your life, you were a train wreck. But when he enters your life and changes you and begins to transform you and gives you a new name and a new purpose and a new role, you walk in that purpose now. You walk in that now. Here's the third thing. Our new work is to say no to sin. Remember sin? Sin's missing the mark. Look at what Paul says. He says, back in verse one, he says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, past tense, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of this world. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. He's saying the old version of you, the past tense version, before you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you were listening to your flesh. You were listening to your appetites. You were following your own ways. Whatever felt good, you did that. Didn't matter what anyone thought or said. God said, don't go across this boundary line. You jumped over it and did whatever the heck you want. God said, here's my standard. You say, I'll do whatever I want. You missed the mark. You didn't care. But the day you said, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, you're recognizing that you're a crosser of lines and a misser of marks. And you say, I don't want to be that way anymore. And you make a decision to say, no. The appetite's of my flesh will no longer rule me. I'm not an animal. I don't have to give in to whatever I feel. I'm a son, a daughter of almighty God, and I will say no to sin. With God's help, I will obey his voice. I will follow his lead. I will represent him, listen to his words, hold up his standards. With his help, I will live his lifestyle and what he wants me to be and do. Those are the things I will do. That's my work. Last thing. My work is to live life to the full. I mean, you don't hear that much in Christianity, do you? That this new role is to live life to the full. God put us on this planet and said, enjoy these good things. As a child of God, I am put here to innovate, to make music, to make art, to create, to bring about innovation in science and medical and education and academics, to do incredible things and good things in this world, to represent my Father and bring order and life and love and goodness and justice and peace. When I wear this t-shirt, when I carry this name, child of God, I should live life to the full. The great theologian, Jonathan Edwards once said, I will live with all my might as I do live. He's saying, I'm going to seize the day before the face of God 
Man, so many of us wear this label, live this lifestyle, child of God, Christian, Christ follower, and we're just coasting along. We're not seizing the day. This pandemic is seizing you. And you're on defense. You're not on offense. You're not living to the full. You're coasting. You're lazy. You're just chilling out, doing nothing, binge watching. Instead of saying, no, I'm a child of God. Was created and recreated to live to the full and to represent my Father and to advance his kingdom and to laugh and to live and to love and to innovate. When was the last time, child of God, you said, I am going to live to the full and I'm not going to coast, I'm not going to waste one moment of my life with God's help. I'm going to lean in, I'm going to laugh, I'm going to love, I'm going to make a difference, I'm going to lead. I'm going to bring beauty into this world and justice and peace because I am a child of Almighty God. You see, that's what it means to be God's artwork. That's what it means to be recreated from sinner to child of God. You see, you are God's artwork not in spite of, but because of your story. I mean, this is really important. Listen. I am the product of all my past and all my present, my sinful choices and my not sinful choices, my good days and my bad days, my strengths and my shadows, the things that were done to me that were good and the things that were done to me that were bad. I have a story. You have a story. And I am who I am and I am God's artwork in the here and now, not in spite of all of this mess, but because of all this mess, that in the hands of this master artist, he can make something beautiful out of your complete story. And that doesn't mean that we choose sin or choose mistakes because we know he's going to make it beautiful. No. It means we say, I am who I am, not in spite of, but because of. I lean into life. I listen to God's word. I follow his lead. I live and tell my inner voice, no, I am not a sinner. I am not a train wreck. I am a child of the Most High God. I can honor God. I can be the new version of me. I can say no to sin. I can live life to the full. With God's help, all of this can happen. And these are the kinds of things that quiet that voice that say, I'm a piece of garbage. So if you struggle with that, hear this. You are a trophy of God's grace. Child of God, be a trophy of God's grace. Pray with me. Good Father, merciful Father, creator, sustainer, sovereign Lord over all creation, who sees the sin of humanity and loves us too much to leave us in it, sends Jesus that by grace, your unmerited favor, your initiation, we can be saved by faith. If there's someone watching right now, listening to this right now, that has never put their trust in you, pray that they would call out to you right now. ask you to forgive them. Go through that transformation from sinner to sinner to son or daughter, 
Those of us who are sons and daughters, God, give us the grace to say no to sin, to be our full and new selves, to honor you. Because if we're not honoring you, who are we honoring? To live full lives, active lives that are full of adventure and laughter and love. Only you can help us do this. We need you. We are saved by grace through faith and we are transformed into your likeness by grace through faith. Give us faith to be trophies of your grace. I pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hey, really grateful that you guys are leaning into the book of Ephesians with us and learning what it looks like to transition from seeing yourself as a sinner to seeing yourself as a child of God. Really love for you to consider giving as well. Thanks for worshiping God through your gifts. You can text, use our online system or mail in your gifts to Faith Church. We'd really appreciate it. The band is gonna come now and lead us in a song called Closer. It's an invitation to come closer to this gracious and merciful God. Lean in as they sing this song.